we talk about a new year and we talk about new year new year's resolutions and things that we decide in regard to the new year and today we're going to talk about that a little bit and talking about living day by day one day at a time with the lord and before i start the message for this morning it's never too much to pray so i invite you to join me in prayer as far as possible please kneel down with me father our request now is that you may accept our worship to may accept our involvement our participation and even though we are sinners we hide we want to be hidden behind the cross of christ that his glory may appear may his name be glorified lord may your grace be clear before us and may we ascribe all honor and glory to you and you only this is our prayer in the name of jesus amen Is there anything wrong with making New Year's resolutions? Yes or no? Oh, it's wrong? No, I don't think it's uh, necessarily wrong. Uh, I think it's all right. And, and the reason I say this is because uh, we pray that God will lead our lives. We pray and we, we submit to God's direction. But there are things that it is in, in, there are in our hands to do, right? Uh, if I if I need a job, for example, the minimum I can do is to look for and to apply for jobs, and it may take some time. It may take some time. Sometimes takes a year, takes two years, may take longer than that. But the minimum I can do, the least I can do, is to apply. If I have a problem with uh, time management, for example, if I am I'm frequently late to my appointments. And uh, I know there are people who are always on time, so it's not a matter of God's blessing or, or having or not having God's blessing. It's a matter of deciding to be more on time. So it's up to me. I have to make that resolution and do my part, make my effort. And if I, I want to live a healthier lifestyle, uh, God is able is, and willing to bless us, but we have to do our part as well. So yes, there is nothing wrong with setting personal goals. There is nothing wrong with uh, making New Year's resolutions. And I don't know how you're keeping with your uh, New Year's resolutions. Uh, it's been just seven days, so if you've not been keeping up too well with that, it's, it's still time to, to change direction. We still have 300 and something years left for the year. But I have a question for you. What about making vows to God? Is it something that we should do or should we not do? Should we vow something to the Lord? Lord, I promise to do this. And we vow it to, to the Lord. And we, uh, well, before I say anything on that subject, let's check some Bible texts that deal with this issue of vowing to the Lord, of, of promising things and swearing things uh, to the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to Deuteronomy. I actually had a PowerPoint, but uh, for a good reason, I didn't have an opportunity to set it up today. I was in a Bible study this morning with someone who came for the first time to the church, and I was so glad for that. Praise the Lord. So Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 21 through 23. 
And here is the word of the Lord as written down by Moses, his servant. When you make 21, 21 to 23, oh, 23, right? Chapter 23, verses 21 through 23. When you make a vow to the Lord, your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. So according to verse 21, it is okay to make a vow to the Lord. It's not, it's not sinful. What, what the Lord is saying here is that you should pay it. If you vow something to the Lord, you should go ahead and not delay to pay it. Because that's what the Lord will require from you. He'll require that which you have promised. And if you don't, then it will be sin, sin for you. Verses 22, verse 22 says, But if you abstain from vowing, it shall not be sin to you. So, uh, by the same token, it's not sinful not to vow to the Lord. Right? So it's not sinful to make a vow. It's not sinful either not to make a vow. In verse 23 that which has gone from your lips you shall keep and perform for you for you voluntarily vowed to the lord your god what you have promised with your mouth so it's totally up to you whether or not to make a vow to the lord but if you do it's your word that has come out of your lips and you should do everything possible to keep that because you did it voluntarily no one forced you to do that uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Ecclesiastes 5, 4 and 5. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. He's basically quoting Moses. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. So again, it's not wrong to make a vow to the Lord. It's not wrong either not to make a vow to the Lord. But if you make a vow, it's better to pay it. And it's better not to vow anything whatsoever than to vow and not to pay. Let's move now to James. James chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. James, right next to the end of your Bibles. James chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. And James, who was uh, the Lord's brother, who was the brother of Jesus, James says, Indeed, we count them blessing who endure. He's talking about endurance on, uh, in whatever circumstance and uh, challenges and difficulties in life. We count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, brethren, do not swear... In other words, do not make a vow, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. But let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. So James is going further here and he is encouraging us not to make any vows, not to take any oaths for heaven, by heaven or by earth. But let our word be yes, yes and no, no. In fact, James was the Lord's brother, as I said, and he, was, he learned from the source. Uh, if we go back to Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verses 34 through 37, here is the Lord himself speaking. Matthew 5, 34 through 37. And Jesus is saying, I say to you, do not swear at all, 
Neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Verse 37, but let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So James was basically even quoting his brother Jesus. So the Lord says, uh, do not swear at all by heaven or by earth or even by your head. Right? I, I give my life as a guarantee. Oh, you, you, you don't own it. How are you going to give your life for a guarantee of whatever? Uh, I give my head as a guarantee. Well, you can't even turn your one of your hairs black or white. In my case, I would rather I would like to be able to turn them white, right? Or black, I should say, because they're going gray. But I'm not able to. So let a word be yes, yes, no, no. Now, uh, at the same time, we should not be simplistic because what the Lord is saying is not that our answers should always be yes, yes, or no, no. Oh, isn't that what the Lord is saying? Yes, but we, we should use uh, wisdom here because there are questions that require more than a yes or a no. And I believe I said this, I, I gave this example here, but if someone would come up to me and ask, Pastor, do you still beat your wife? I can't say yes, because if I say yes, I'm, I acknowledge that I'm beating my wife. And if I say no, I'm saying that I don't beat her any longer, but I used to do that. So I can't say yes or no to that kind of question. Do you still beat your wife? But my answer would be positive. According to the instruction of Jesus, I would say, I've never beaten my wife. No, I don't beat her and I've never done that. So, yes, the Lord gives us vocabulary in every language for us to express our ideas and emotions. But we should do that in, in a very objective way, right? Not just talk talking points as they say not beat around the bush but be positive if you need to use words use words but in a positive manner but let's look what happened now after this preamble what happened in Jacob's story in Jacob's experience Jacob was the son of Isaac the grandson of Abraham to whom God had made a promise and in the two passages that Shannar read this morning, and in the second one in chapter 32, Jacob is described there as someone very victorious, absolutely victorious. He was someone who had wrestled with the Lord himself and had overcome. And that's the reason even why God changed his name. He said you were going to be called Israel because you have wrestled, you have struggled with God and man, and you have prevailed. And so here is a distinction that was offered to Jacob. He has his name changed from Jacob to Israel because he was an overcomer. What a distinction, what a high spiritual standing for Jacob. But the lesson we learned as we read through Jacob's life story is that this spiritual achievement did not come overnight. You might be tempted to think that, well, that was an overnight victory. And in fact, he was struggling with the Lord and was wrestling with the Lord for, for an entire night. 
until until the wee hours of the morning, until dawn. But the victories that he won in his life and the, the spiritual growth, the spiritual maturity that he achieved in his life were not the result of that one only single night of struggle. That's something that happened over time, day by day, one day at a time. I invite you to go back with me now to the first text that Shannar read this morning, Genesis 28. Genesis 28, verses 18 through 20, I believe that's what he read. Actually, we're going to extend it. We're going to read Genesis 18, 28, verses 18 through to 22. So we go all, all the way down to verse 22, beginning in verse 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that place had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I may come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that, I, that you give me, I will surely give, you a, give a tenth to you, the tithe. So Jacob is here in a moment where he's uh, asking God, some things and it seems as if Jacob was even and was not only making a vow but it looks as if he was bargaining with God right because he comes and says if verse 19 20 if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going give me bread and so on so forth give me protection give me clothing so that I may come back to my father's house in peace then the Lord shall be my God so was Jacob bargaining with God here? Bear with me. I, I would say, I would dare say that Jacob was not bargaining. He was actually in a state of spiritual impairment. That he's asking God for things that he had been promised for already. And he's telling that if the Lord does that for him, then, that's what the Bible says, then the Lord shall be my God. So the Lord was not his God yet. Not, not at that point in time yet. Now turn your Bibles back a little bit to in chapter 28 still. But verses 13 through 15. And look at what God is saying here. Genesis 28 verses 13 through 15. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. In fact, it's interesting that, let me just stop here, pause here, that the Lord is saying, I am the Lord God of your father, Abraham, the Lord of your father, uh, Isaac. But the Lord himself is not saying that he was the Lord of Jacob at that, at that point. And Jacob actually in his own words ends up giving it up. He says, then the Lord shall be my God in verse 21. 
But going forward here, back to verse 13, the land which the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. So the Lord had promised the land right there to him. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you. I am with you, God is saying. And I will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. So the Lord had already promised him all those things. The Lord was saying that he was there for him. He was there with him and he would be with him all the time. And the Lord would make sure that he would be able to come back safely to, to his father's house. The Lord promised that his descendants would be like the dust of the earth. So num numerous. The Lord promised everything. Promised him protection. But Jacob comes now in verses 18 through 22. And he's asking that the Lord bless him. And he makes a vow. If you do this to me. And if you guarantee that I will come back safely. Then you will be my God. Now the Lord is merciful. The Lord is ever loving. And the Lord did not, did not crush Jacob. Did not destroy Jacob at that point. If God were man. He would turn to Jacob and said. Uh, what are you saying? I have just promised all those things to you. I don't want anything anymore to you. I don't want any, any dealings with you whatsoever. You are, you are crossed away, off from my book. No, the Lord is, is merciful. And the Lord listened to that. And the Lord kept His promise. Kept His word. It was God's providential, providential care that resulted in Jacob's conversion. Eventually, Jacob was a converted man. But it was through God's care, it was through God's uh, providential care and hand protecting him that Jacob found the way to his own conversion. God, God blessed Jacob so much, so much during that time that Laban, his uh, father-in-law, Laban, was uh, part of Laban's uh, wealth was actually ended up actually in the hands of Jacob. And Jacob said to his wives, God has taken away from your fathers his livestock and has given them to me. In Genesis 31 9. The Lord protected Jacob in all his dealings with Laban. The Lord protected Jacob in his dealings with his brother Esau. And just yesterday was reading this story when we were doing worship. And Jacob is there in chapter 22. He sends his servants ahead of him with gifts, with livestock, with animals. And he instructs each of the leaders of each pack, of each group. And he says, this is what you're going to tell, going to tell my brother. You tell them that I'm given this out of my, out of my goodness because I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm generous. And I'm offering all of that to him. And at the end you tell him, listen, he's coming just behind us. And maybe we'll be able to appease my brother's heart. 
And he sent several groups ahead of him, all with the same instruction. And all of this is for you, sir. And he's coming right behind us. Maybe you want to talk to him in peaceful terms. And after that, the Bible says that he sent also his wives, his two wives, and, and the two servants of his wives. God was so merciful that God, God allowed him to have more than one wife, right? Just adding trouble to himself, but God was merciful. No, I'm not saying that wives are trouble. I'm just saying that having more than one is trouble, definitely. And he sends them ahead of him, and he sends the children, and he sends everything that had left, that was left. And he was left alone. That's, that's where chapter 32, verse 24 starts at. He was right there alone. And he feels that someone is kind of touching him, touching him on his shoulder and kind of uh, shaking him. And he, he realizes that is someone that's not coming in peaceful terms. Someone is coming to, to wrestle with him. And I don't know what crossed his mind. Probably he thought, here is, a, here is Esau. He is my brother. Now he came to, to set the record straight now. And I'm by, all by myself here. All my servants are gone with the gift for him. And he is right here at my back. And he starts to struggle with it, man. And he struggles and struggles and fights. And the, the, uh, uh, the night hours pass by. And he's that personal struggle with that man. And at some point, because that being cannot overcome Jacob... Jacob feels that that being is touching the, the socket of his hip. And at that touch, that powerful touch, Jacob felt it deeply and, and it hurt. And he ended up limping and, and having to limp his way through that wrestle, that battle. And the sun was almost rising in the horizon when, when that being says to Jacob, let me go because the day is dawning. And Jacob turns to the man and says, I will not let you go unless you, you bless me. I'll not let you go unless you bless me. So let's go back to chapter 32 here. Genesis 32. In verse... 25. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, when the man who was fighting with Jacob realized that he could not prevail against Jacob, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint and as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob is my name. And he said, your name should no longer be Jacob, but Israel, which is, which is the Hebrew for prince with God. So God was acknowledging Jacob as a prince, as someone who was a, a fighter, a warrior. And he said, you no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name now, I pray. And he said, Why is that? Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him 
right there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, which means the face of God. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. The Lord in his mercy accepted Jacob's vow. We saw here that there is, there is no sin in making a vow to God, and there is no sin in not making one. But if you make a vow, you better keep it. You better pay it. But Jacob's vow was, was bordering with a bargain. It was almost a bargain. It was saying, if you do this to me, then you will be my God. But still God was merciful toward him. And God, God accepted that. And God was faithful. So you and I, my brother and sister today, as we start a new year, as we begin a new year and we look forward to another 365 days or 358 days now remaining. And we look at the resolutions we've, we have made. And uh, whether you have made a vow to God or not. One thing is true. God will accept us. In our, even in our spiritual impairment. He'll be merciful toward us. And he'll work with us. Until we reach true and deep and faithful conversion. God wants you to have a deeper spiritual relationship with him this year. He wants you to, to walk closer to him. Even if in a moment of spiritual impairment like Jacob was, Jacob was at that time. Even if you make a vow, God will use that to bring you to a state of spiritual maturity. So I don't know what you have resolved for 2017. I don't know what your personal resolutions are. I know what I have resolved about, about myself. And I'll ask that the Lord will help me with that. But I'll do my part. I'll do everything I can to pay my vows to the Lord. But whatever your situation is, there is hope with the Lord. And I would encourage you to stay with him. To stay with him every day. Jacob was at that point struggling with the Lord himself. He didn't know if it was his brother who was attacking him. He didn't know what was going on. And it took him the whole night to figure that out. So you may be going through difficult times in your life. You may be going through a dark moment in your experience. You may be going through difficulties in your life. But do not give up. Keep struggling. Keep going forward. Because the Lord is always faithful. But you have to be too. You have to be faithful to the Lord. So keep struggling. And very soon, very soon, the sun will rise. Dawn will come. A new day will come. And with a new day, there will be a blessing. And the struggles of this life, the day-to-day -day dealings of our lives may, may bring, them some, bring us some, some harm. We may be, be walking around limping, whether physically or, or you know, emotionally. We may be going around hurt. But the Lord is faithful. 
So live one day at a time with the Lord. Don't worry about keeping your promises, your vows throughout the whole year of 2017. That looks, that looks pretty far away, December 31st, 2017. But be worried about living one day at a time. So ask the Lord to help you today to be faithful to the resolutions you've made. And tomorrow will bring its own cares. Tomorrow will bring its own problems. Tomorrow will bring its own share of challenges to you. So tomorrow we will ask the Lord for direction for to the, tomorrow. But let's live for the Lord today. And tomorrow you'll live for the Lord today. And the day after you'll live for the Lord today again. And the Lord will help you one day at a time. May the Lord bless us not only today but every day of our lives. Amen.